maybe try not to uh, think too much or like too like or imagine too much about what can happen in the future you know for example like oh my god i'm i'm not going to be able to pay my staff like everyone's going to leave the company or something like that you know we don't need to catastrophize on that we just focus on what we have right now and how we can actually move forward hi my name's hanif and i am miki welcome to monday train ride talks a show where we try to break down interesting stories from a number of Indonesian professionals who spent their career working in Hong Kong or overseas. In this show, we hope to make your Monday morning train rides a lot more enjoyable by learning a thing or two with us and applying these lessons to our own lives. In today's show, Mickey and I are joined by Michelle, founder and CEO of Aromeo Diffuser, a startup that bridges wellness and technology through multi-sensory aromatherapy. In this episode, we get a glimpse into Michelle's personal story and talk to her about all things startup, what it's like to start a company in Hong Kong, getting funding, and some of the challenges in between. Last but not least, we get some practical advice for those of us just starting out. We had fun with this one. Hope you will too. Hi guys, welcome to our second episode. Uh, today. Uh, we are uh, very honored to be in Michelle's office. Thank oh. you, Michelle, for having us, and thank you for being our second guest. So, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. So, maybe uh, to start, like, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Michelle. I graduated from USD, and uh, I did my um, undergrad and masters in USD. I'm from Jakarta. What did you What did you do your undergrad and master's in? So my undergrad was in industrial engineering, and my master was in like technology leadership, yeah, something like that. <laughs> so we know that you are the founder and CEO of Aromeo Diffuser. So would you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, Aromeo is a company that I started back from 2015. So actually, I registered it uh, under the name Miscato Limited. That's mm-hmm. our company name. So in the first two years, it was more of like a social enterprise, uh, like giving aromatherapy mm-hmm. gifts and workshops to a lot of people in the community, like mainly like um, single moms and other mm-hmm. like parts of the community in Hong Kong. But then starting from 2016 and onwards, we started making more kind of high tech products so we the the aim here is really to bridge like wellness and technology i see i see so what was it that made you transition from being a social enterprise to now focusing on wellness and technology I think that the change there is really about the, um, I was really thinking about it, how to really scale the company. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to scale when you really have to rely on just like you know, your hands to kind of like work, work on things. Whereas in technology, you can really scale things up really quickly. Okay, that's, that's very interesting. Um, so you mentioned about wellness, mm-hmm. right? So um, is it something that you've always been interested in? And what is the thought process behind the product that you are making right now? Oh, okay. Um, so that's actually a very big question, yeah. okay, about like wellness. Because um, actually, when I was like, when I was in Indo, mm-hmm. when I was in like high school or something, I never even thought about wellness. I never mm-hmm. like, you know, I just thought that like, you know, you're supposed to um, just live your life you know I never give like so many so much thought about like about wellness or about like um, uh, about your mental health or stress and all that but then it all changed when like um, I started to really take care take more care and 
about like my own um, self-care and also mm-hmm. mental health mm-hmm. back in 2015. So it was the time. So it was right after my dad had a stroke. Mm-hmm. So uh, so my dad had a stroke and I was really, um, really impacted by that because he couldn't move half of his body. And I went back and, and I, uh, I went to see him and it, like he completely like changed and I felt sort of guilty that I felt as if like he's becoming sick because he's too stressed about me why he's too stressed about me I will tell you later okay (laughs) but anyway I felt that oh maybe I was one of the factors that made him uh, the way he is that he's so stressed because maybe it's partly because of me so I went to a downward spiral I became so like anxious about things and I kind of blamed myself a lot and I got more depressed and then I just couldn't do anything at that moment, like like everything that we think is important, like for example, like our uh, job or our like academics or whatever. Nothing mm-hmm. matters anymore when you're at a state you're just barely trying to survive. Yeah. So after that moment, so I started to kind of uh, begin the path of like rediscovering what really matters to me and what is really important. And I realized that actually like mental health and like wellness is something that is often overlooked by a lot of people. And then after I started opening up about this to more people, Mm -hmm. I found that most people around us are actually stressed or anxious. All of us have like our own like trauma and burdens. Mm -hmm. And actually this is like something that is uniting us, but something that is not so often talked about. Yeah, that is why. I was I felt that I really want wellness and like uh, alleviating human suffering and improving people's well-being to be my mission. Yeah. Wow. I, I like that you you drew upon it from your own experiences and you decided to want to help other people from mm-hmm. from building your product. Mm-hmm. So could you describe a little bit about the product itself, about Aramia Diffuser, mm-hmm. to people who may not have been heard of yeah. it before or haven't seen it before? Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, so Aromeo Diffuser, we make smart and multi-sensory relaxation experience to help people to beat stress and have like a better sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now we have a couple of products. So we have smart diffusers. We have um, our first product is called Aromeo Alpha. It's a portable smart essential oil diffuser. So it's something that you can uh, use on the go and you can put it in your car. And mm-hmm. it's something that you can have a relaxation experience like conveniently. Mm-hmm. So we try to kind of put a fun aspect into it by having like an app that you can connect to it and you can, you know, like play music or something. You know? uh, now we're working on a new product. It's mm. called Aromeo Sense. It's a multi-sensory product that helps people to tune their senses because, you know, as humans, we really uh, navigate through this world through our senses. Mm. Our experience is based on what we see, what we hear, what we smell based mm. on our senses. Mm. But most of the time, like we are not mindful of what is going on with our senses. So mm. we try to make a device that really tunes these senses, like using like the sense of vision, hearing, uh, smell. Those mm-hmm. are the three senses we are focusing on right now mm-hmm. to really create an immersive experience that you can enjoy and be truly mindful of. It's to real. The whole idea is to bring you back to the present moment using technology. Yes, that's the purpose. and natural therapy here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I heard that you started this like all this cool idea when you were still studying as a master student. Uh, actually, I started Aromeo Diffuser when I was in uh, UG student, and I was UG. Oh, even back when yeah. when you were still a bachelor. Yeah. So what's the story behind it? Like, was it because you win a competition, or you suddenly 
uh, where the idea came from? Uh, you mean like the tech part, right? Yeah, yeah the tech part. So I was actually like, um, when I was in the recovery process, so I started going to therapy and then, uh, so I, I was already familiar with uh, um, like essential oils at the time. So the first time I actually got to know essential oil was when I was taking a gap year in Japan, like, mm-hmm. like several years ago. Mm-hmm. And so uh, at that time, like I knew about essential oils, but I didn't think so much about it. But I discovered that <clears throat> during this recovery time, it actually helped me to kind of, uh, create a really nice like experience that I can enjoy <clears throat> at the present moment. Mm. And at the time, I also did therapy and I tried other therapy methods. So um, that is how like I wanted to um, present this, these things that really worked for me in a new manner, mm. in a new format. Yeah. But because I thought that oh, I'm an I'm an engineer, so I should do something with technology. You know? mm. Oh, okay, interesting. So the Aromeo diffuser. Uh, so the, the, the key highlight here is the technology and the essential oil. Uh, it's about like uh, bridging the world of wellness and technology. So it's not just limited to essential oils. I see. Yeah. Now we are focusing um, on aromatherapy, also light therapy, sound therapy. We are focusing more on like multi-sensory approach. I see. And that's the difference between the first part and the second part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And that's why it's called Aramia Sense? Yes, because it's for your senses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a clever name. <laughs> but at the time, then you already had Miskato, yeah? You started. Yeah, to, yeah. And then you started to make uh, think about the technology, and mm. then I assume that you started you know, getting funding and promoting yeah, the yeah. How's the story behind? Like, maybe how did you get your first funding? <clears throat> how did I get my first funding? Okay, so at that time, so my first funding was uh, actually from Hong Kong X, the provider of this office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we are in Hong Kong X office right now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they had like this um, contest, like about for like final year projects. Mm-hmm. It's called FYP competition or something like that, and then so um so Aromeo was not my FYP, but I thought I mean I'm still a final year student, so technically I can just say that this is my FYP, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I just um I um so I just submitted my submission, and then we had like around three or four rounds of um uh, interviews and vetting, mm-hmm. and then after that um there's like the top three that got like some kind of award. And then out of that top three, like I think maybe two of us got invested. What was the process of preparing for that? Uh, that, Do you have to do a pitch or? Oh yeah. So, uh, okay. So even before, um, even before you get stepped into your, the investors meeting, you Mm -hmm. have to have some kind of like maybe prototype or pre prototype Mm -hmm. kind of ready. You should have a good idea of who will use this product. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of like have that business model in your mind, uh, bake it into like, like, um, uh, yeah, proposal. It doesn't need to be complicated. Just 10 slides. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that. That was the first funding and then the one that keep you going. Yeah, that was the first funding. And then um, last year, we had our second round of funding. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so only two years, two rounds of funding so, so far. far. Yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. that's great. Uh, usually, one round of funding is expected to last you around 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. And then, who were you with back then? Like, um, you referred V. So, mm. I assume you had your partner or teammates? Yeah. So, um, so I first started making like uh, the technology behind Aromeo Diffuser in like in a class. So at that time, my group mates were with me. Um, so right now, one of them is still in the company, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> so another thing that we want to curious, I think maybe the listeners are so curious that you've won two funding so far. Uh, maybe can you share a little bit to us, with us uh, what makes a good pitch based on your experience? Mm. A good pitch is a pitch that is simple, that is um, realistic and free of useless buzzwords. Okay. What is this useless buzzword? Oh, AI, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> or like revolutionary. Okay, let's forget it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or like the first one in the world. There's probably already another one. <laughs> yeah. 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 How did you learn all of this? Like you were just student mm. back then, or um, you must have like I don't know, maybe mentor, or you learned somewhere to. Uh, this is pure experience. Um, so we, so I try to learn from like there are of, of course there are mentors, but after some point like talking to mentors all the time will kind of will actually waste your time. You should work on the project instead, you know. Okay. So but it, it's good to uh, listen to the pitches of successful companies because you know when there are uh, events like featuring some successful mm-hmm. companies, they would uh, they would have like a. 10 minutes pitch time or something you can listen to that and see how they actually present their company for different stages of the company you focus on different things mm-hmm. so when you're starting out you focus more about your idea how this is revolutionary how this has never been done before and then as you get more and more mature you focus on different things for example okay what have how much traction do you have now or like what has you built until now so like you have to different focus on different things as your company matures. Berarti kalau gitu, sekarang what yeah. do you classify your company in? What, what stage do you classify your company uh, in? Right we are now? at uh, Series A. Series, series A. A funding, yeah. What, is there a difference between the first round of funding that you got and the second round? Did you prepare in a different way or what was the expectation that you came yeah. to? So for the first round, it was like an angel fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hong Kong Access and the angel fund. So mm-hmm. it was really a formal process. You meet a committee and all that. You meet a committee and you submit a deck and it was a very kind of like well-structured process. Mm-hmm. Whereas for the second round, no one really knew what could happen because like, you know, after your first round of funding, like actually there's no clear path about like who can who you like who you can pitch to you know mm-hmm. like because now you're not like a very new company so like you have but you're too small for most vcs out there so like it's kind of like a jungle you know you don't know where to go <laughs> yeah so for my second round of funding it was like it was a very long like nine months of fundraising so for eight months, we met like various VCs and all that. Sometimes people would just lead you on and then, but actually it re- results to nothing. That kind of experience is very common, actually. Okay. Very, very, very common because they just want to know the market intelligence about what all startups are doing, you know. Oh. But then actually each, each, like each VC or each angel fund, they have like a checklist. For example, if you're not incorporated in this location, you're out. If you're not like, if you're, if you're not in one of these categories, if you're out, like if you don't have this specific traction, so like they have a checklist, you know, but you don't know that you don't know that checklist. So you can meet, meet the people and you're already not in their like, uh, you know, radar in that, in that checklist, but they would still meet you because like they just want to know market intelligence and all that. Yeah. So that was a long process. And sometimes you meet people who are interested, but not a right fit or the funding size is too small. Funding size is too big, like various reasons, you know. And then um, at the end of the eighth month, I met like our current investor. We had lunch and then he said, I'm in, you know, just one lunch. (laughs) Just one lunch, like one hour. It was, we met in in a cafe in Festival Walk. We met. 
and then I presented the idea. He's like, okay, I'm in. Where did you what meet him in the first place? Sorry? Where did you meet him in the first place? Where? Yeah. It, Festival Walk. No, I mean, yeah. how, 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 oh, yeah, so uh, I've heard about this, like, this person, like, that he's, like, um, kind of, like, a passionate, v- uh, like, a VC, and then I asked for introduction from, uh, so it's, it's, like, for, to meet, like, new VCs and all that, mm. usually you need to ask someone for an introduction, because mm. they don't really want to meet random people, right. so I asked, like, our current investor mm. for mm. introduction, and then, so they introduced to him, and then I met him. Oh cool. Berarti enggak enggak seformal itu juga ya karena maybe in a lot of people and especially like me, aku mikirnya kalau at every time of funding that you get, you have to go through this, you know, like you said the process of kayak oh, submitting a pitch deck terus harus you know go against these other Yeah, it, itu ada juga tapi kalau uh, kalau maksudnya the fund tergantung the fund right. yeah, yeah. Okay. So from the first funding to the second one, how long was the gap? The gap was like around one year, one one point five years, I think. So it's like eighteen months that yeah. you uh, as expected. It's supposed to be eighteen. It's supposed to be yeah. So then talking about talent, so it, you 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 mentioned about uh, the, your group mates, and then one of only one of them I think stayed. Yeah. yeah. And then as a very early stage of startup, um, probably people don't know the name of the company yet. How do you convince talent? to join you or uh, your company? I think uh, like so far we've been pretty lucky when with like getting talent. Mm-hmm. So we, um, so like usually when I want someone to join like the team, I just talk to them and like presenting about what the company's doing, what we want to do, why we want to do it. And if it's a cause that resonates with them or if it's something that they think that they can grow with, usually it works out. Has it been a challenge to find a good fit talent? Um, uh, it's like yes and no. When when there's a good fit, it's it just happens. But sometimes, like there was a um, there was a time that we got like uh, like someone new, and then he came here for like one month and then just left. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't like commuting. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, sometimes it might happen, but it's okay. Yeah. And um, as a leader, how do you juggle between you know developing the product, finding the talent? And you have to um, bring the BAU funding and everything. Like, how do you put your focus in? Mm, yeah. So actually, it this is a very um, like very important question. Actually, um, so now at this stage of the company, we have like different team members working on different things. So <clears throat> what I would like to do actually now is to put more trust into them on the, their respective areas. So uh, the remaining areas, for example, like. Um, about like the timeline and about funding, I will take care of that. But about like other areas of the company, I would discuss with like each team member that is responsible for it. So you don't need to think that we have to do everything on our own, you know. That's why we have a team, right? Right. So how do you divide that between your current team members? Do you have like a technical division, the operations team? How do you structure your current team in your company right now? Um, So currently our like composition is Mm -hmm. more like R&D and design focus. So we have like a couple of um, R&D people and then we have like uh, two design people and then we have, have one working on like business development mm. and then I myself so it's so the 
the role is pretty clear cut from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, all of our technical stuff, you have to talk to, for example, Hans. And mm -hmm. then for uh, like design stuff, you have to talk to this person or mm -hmm. like user experience who you talk to. But then there are a lot of cases that you actually cannot just give it to one person. You have right. to work on it as a team. But every time like, you just have to have like a um, person in charge for that specific task, then mm -hmm. that's okay. It's I, usually it works better when like, you know, it's, multidisciplinary it's right. work on for example even just um for example like last week's discussion we want to manufacture a product but then we need to choose which features we have to remove from the product now that's di difficult right yeah. because yeah. everyone loves the features that we've been putting on and then every feature is um, like well thought of but then we have to get rid of some features so to decide on which features we want to get rid of we have to get everyone in the team even people who will seem to be not related to the task Sometimes they have good feedback too. Um, so from all your stories, from the way you, maybe our listeners cannot feel it, but I, we can feel it that you are very confident and then I think you know you're together. Um, but I know it must not be that easy. You know, starting a company is difficult. You are not in your, let's say, our home country as well. Mm. So what are the challenges? Like You seem all... Everything is good, but I know what are the story behind the challenges? Challenges in what do you mean? In you know this starting this whole company. Um, about starting the company, actually, like I like to think that actually I think that honestly that Hong Kong is actually like a pretty straightforward environment to set up as a business like everything is like they have like the clear regulations on everything you know exactly how much you're paying and then there's like a clear process to everything so that's about like the uh, registration about like the technical mm -hmm. but apart from the technical stuff most of it is about your mental like resilience mm -hmm. a lot of it is about ma managing your own like perception of like um managing your anxiety about like uncertainty to the future for example like your money is running out in two months you cannot pay your staff <laughs> then you have to keep your um you have to like then you have to just like you know keep going and try to find more resources then you cannot panic yourself because if you panic then everyone else will panic more, yeah, right, right? Yeah, right so it's more about like a mental game i would say so the more resilient your mental is then you would be fine yeah so i think that perhaps like maybe the takeaway that um, like our listeners can have yeah, yeah. is maybe try not to uh, think too much or like too like or imagine too much about what can happen in the future you know for example like oh my god i'm i'm not going to be able to pay my staff or like oh my god uh, soon i cannot pay my rent or like or like oh, oh, oh my god like uh, everyone's going to leave the company or something like that you know we don't need to catastrophize on that we just focus on what we have right now and how we can actually move forward. Focusing on what you can, you can control, essentially. Right? Yes, yes. No need to focus on things you cannot control because you cannot control them anyway. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Especially in a startup environment where everything surrounding the startup itself may be very, a lot of uncertainty. You know? Yeah. But then, like, when you think about it, it's not just the startup world that is chaotic. Now the mm. whole world is chaotic. True. So we don't need to think. <laughs> we don't need to, you know, overthink the... Um, uh, the, you know, we don't need to overthink this whole situation that, oh, it's hard or it's something you, we don't need to analyze like these things, you know, we don't need to identify them as like hard or complicated or something. Kamal, yeah. on a day-to-day, -day, what do you think are the biggest challenges? Is it like uh, in running the company itself? Mm. Okay. In starting the company. Mm -hmm. So like in running, is it the managing the day-to-day -day operations mm -hmm. or 
you know, preparing for, for possibly, you know, that mm. next round of funding or yeah. where do you get the sales? Yeah, okay. Uh, I would say like the most important thing to do on a day-to-day basis is to actually show up. Like the, it, that's the most important thing to be fully, to be, to be present and to show up every single day like um, every single day to all the challenges and to all the questions that people might have for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that would be the, um, the number one thing that, that I'm also still working on that mm-hmm. everyone should work on. Uh, I think because like, you know, um, there are some days that you don't, you, that you are like a bit sick or you're a bit tired and you're like, Oh, tired. And then, but then like, you know, investors are asking for this and then your staff is asking for this. And then like your other teammates are like, Oh, oh we have this problem. And then your customer has filed a complaint or something like that. It's like, it's possible, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it's really important to, to, uh, to take care of yourself, you know, and to kind of like, um, when, when you feel that you're about to be, to get burned out, then you just take a rest. Um, because it's, it's better to take a rest earlier and then come back to, to the office the next day, like the more fresh. Yeah. But the key is really in the consistency to be always there. Be, be the pacemaker is the, yeah, is the key. I think. I think that really resonates with me because a lot of the days I find it, Especially on Mondays, for mm. example, I find it hard to you know get into rhythm, get mm. into being focused on the present moment mm-hmm. and just do the work. Yeah. And I think being consistent is so something that I certainly can apply to myself. <laughs> so uh, boleh balik sedikit ke yeah. jawaban like, sebelumnya? Yeah. You say that don't need to think about the uncontrollable like out there. Like just focus uh, apa yang bisa kita lakukan kan? Ini I think very relatable even to uh, us. Uh, mm. to overthink about what happened next year, what happened tomorrow, what what do we have to do after this? Like it's really like number one I think dilemma of a lot of people. So and then anxiety as well. Like mungkin enggak uh, selalu soal maybe as big as besok nggak bisa bayar staff gitu. Mm. Cuman anxiety kadang what my boss think about me? I think mm. my client hates me.
work from that. Yes, yes. I think that it's really important to take some time to really look inside yourself and really think about like, okay, today was I anxious about something? Was I irritated about something? Does it have a reason? And something like that. Yeah, it's really important to work on yourself. Stop talk. Talk to yourself. Yeah. Understand your feeling. Don't be too Mm -hmm. hard to them as well. Yeah. And then also. Maybe do something like meditation. Yeah. And if there's something that you like, like your hobbies, for example, if you like cooking or singing or dancing or anything, Mm -hmm. you can create that as your like your kind of like um, uh, grounding practice. (laughs) How about like uh, maybe talking to your friends or talking to families or do you do that to help? Um, I do talk to friends and family, but then um, at the end of the day, the most important thing is self-resilience. Mm. Because like sometimes, you know, your family or friends could be the st- source of stress, right? <laughs> it could be the source of anxiety too, because mm. parent, parents would have like expectations on you. For example, my parents for the longest time, they wanted me to be a doctor or an mm. accountant, you know, so like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, for example, mm. right? So I think that it's good to rely on on people around us, but it's also very, very important to have like, you know, self-reliance as well. To build up your mental resilience. Resilience. It's okay, we'll do better tomorrow. Yeah. Or maybe your boss is just stressed, you know, it's not all about us. Yeah, true. And uh, back to the start Mm. thing, uh, the challenges you have. Mm. uh, I think you sort of mentioned that Hong Kong is actually a good place to be straightforward for each Yeah, yeah. Do you think would have it been easier if you do it somewhere else, maybe back home or Singapore or maybe somewhere else that you think have a better wellness or startup environment? Uh, perhaps, but it doesn't. It it doesn't like I've never really put much thought into it because I'm in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. so I just try to make it the where I am. You know. It seems to me, listening to your story so far, and just from my limited exposure and being here in Hong Kong, I feel like. The Hong Kong ecosystem for startups is pretty supportive uh, or mature, if I would say so. Uh, but what do you think? Do you, do you say so yourself? Um, I would say for very early stage startups, it's mm. not bad. But once you start to grow, then the support system is not really there. It's not really established, I, I would see, say. I see. Why, why, would you say? Why, why would you say that? Uh, it's like... Um, I, it's just that compared to some other ecosystems, like mm-hmm. there are not a lot of like um, there are not a lot of VCs and there are not a lot of like invest investors or others or like partners that are willing to collaborate with you, except if they are like property men property mm-hmm. companies. You I know? See. Yeah. But you know, the industry di sini juga maybe not. Yeah, based on the landscape of the of the city. So in relation to that, do you have any plans for the future for the startup itself? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean about like uh, about moving somewhere else or, or growing or oh yeah of course yeah so we will continue to invest in our like R&D capability creating new products but we want to be able to serve like more and more customers around the world maybe so we will also focus on more on the marketing side mm-hmm. but <clears throat> mainly it will be creating more and more new products and uh, more unexpected experiences for people I yeah. see I see I see so um then are you also saying that in the next let's say five years you're going to be staying in hong kong or do you have any plan moving somewhere else i would say that five years is a bit too long for a startup founder to think about (laughs) 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 
Iya, founder aja enggak mikir. Iya. So, okay, let, let's make it what, three years. Yeah, also uh, in yeah, in three years. Um, well, it depends on how the how the landscape changes. So, so we of course like as a com- as a company, we want to keep uh, growing with more uh, products and more offerings and more distribution centers. But about like where we're gonna do the business or where uh, like what is the exact strategy that that is also depending on how the business changes. You know, you see a potential for the business to grow even more in this kind of environment. Uh, I feel like with COVID and all a lot of more people are becoming a lot more aware about the importance of mental health. Uh, I mean, I feel like I see this as a good opportunity for products like Aromeo Diffuser to target a bigger market. Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, actually, COVID has been like, uh, has opened up like a lot of people's um, awareness on mental health. So this is like, a, I think, a plus side of COVID is because we are more aware of our mental health, about like our need of wellness. Yeah. But uh, I think that the market has always been there because I think that most people are stressed out <laughs> and anxious, yeah. even without COVID. But because COVID, it just amplified what we have been feeling inside already. So five years kan too long gitu, kayak terlalu lama. Jadi kalau misalnya, uh, is it a part of the plan? Kayak gimana ya? As an employee, aku tuh ngeliat kayak kalau entrepreneur kan serba gak pasti, hidupnya jauh lebih gak pasti. Kalau aku, kita ngeliat ya, kita bakal kayak climb up the corporate ladder, and bahkan setelah itu mikirnya, oh, mungkin kerjaan berikutnya dimana, gitu. Kayak kita selalu disuruh mikir 5 tahun, 5 year plan apa sih, 10 year plan apa sih, kayak I think that's what makes life a bit like, stressful. Kayak lo harus punya direction, direction, direction. But then you don't know how the world is gonna develop yeah. the next 5 10 years, yeah. So, it's also like, then, is it part of the plan? Ya udah, kalau if it doesn't work out, then I can just maybe close this or like have an exit plan and then I can lose or start something else. I mean, of course, realistically, that is possible. I mean, like anything is possible realistically. I can like close it now and go, you know, but, I mean, like it could happen. Mm-hmm. But then like, I think that is not the mindset that I want to bring with mm-hmm. this company yeah. because I like, if I come, if I will commit my time, which is part of my life, and we only have one life, you know, if we are gonna commit my life to to like this company at this moment, then I will make the best out of it. So I will not think about like closing it or like oh looking for a better opportunity or like yeah. maybe like okay I'm too tired of it. You know, bye. <laughs> okay, no, I no, I I don't think that's the right mindset to go about 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 the company. Yeah, I think that like. It's really important for for humans, for people to really focus on one direction for a certain period of time that mm-hmm. is long enough in one direction. Mm-hmm. Then we, then I believe if we do that, then we can really achieve something meaningful. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Wow, that, no wonder you're an entrepreneur right now. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like the biggest takeaway from here so far is that being having a self resilient and being present in the everyday. Mm-hmm can really help you focus and really mm. not think about all those other distractions here. Yeah, I think the distractions are uh, are there, but sometimes they are signals about like some things because like, you know, our, it's not that our emotions are useless, you know, <laughs> like usually it's about like our for our survival. So it's, it's okay to feel it. We don't need to kind of like avoid feeling it. Mm-hmm. It's just that we cannot 
keep on being in the spiral loop of like thinking about it and then thinking about it again and then like you remember it before you sleep and then you cannot sleep and then the next day you're more tired and then you think about why you cannot sleep you know <laughs> so that's like <laughs> yeah perpetual yeah. you can think about it okay be aware of it but you don't need to endlessly think about it you know have you always known that you want to be an entrepreneur or start something or owning your own business since you were a kid? Or just because the opportunity comes, then you go for it? Um, actually, like I think around um, around high school, so my parents wanted me to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. But then I knew at the time that I it, it doesn't feel like at, at something that I wanted to do. So when I was growing up, when I was like um, in like, you know, before primary school, like around kindergarten, primary, mm-hmm. like that, I grew up in my grandma's plastic factory. So she, my grandma used to be like a... Uh, she didn't even graduate primary school and then she started working like collecting plastic and all that and then over time she she made her own plastic factory and she like had a lot of people that help him that help her you know like the uh, all the plastic factory employees and then I so I grew up in that environment I saw how people really rely on this factory and there's so much livelihood that comes from this one business so that really attracted me but it's not until like I was forced to think about like what I should do next and I really uh, think about that experience and I feel that oh I know what kind of like future I want for myself I want to create something that creates livelihood for a lot of people and I want to create something that really brings benefit to a lot of people yeah what uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think that you can gain as an entrepreneur or like set a founder that you couldn't gain if you're an employer are you an employer working in a corporate I think there is like a virtue in both like uh, working in a company or starting your own. I think like both are good mm-hmm. actually, depending on like how you see your life and how you what kind of future you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I feel that like I uh, there's a there's something like there's like something like like I mean like sorry <laughs> there's like this mission that I really want to do mm-hmm. because like after the the whole like you know ordeal about my mental health and all that. Yeah. I had so much clarity that I couldn't do anything else, but I was forced to really take care of myself and build up that, you know, mental strength. It was from that clarity that I know, okay, this is my mission, you know. If I didn't have that period, then I think maybe I would have chosen another path. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But then because of that period, I had um, I had this period of like immense clarity and immense inner like anguish (laughs) because of that period so I was really I felt as if I was awakened to like okay I really have to do this you know so for me there was no choice but to do it you know Mm -hmm. do you have any advice for up-and-coming entrepreneurs you know for people who don't have the same level of clarity in their minds you know to people who are at a crossroads like I want to start my own business here but I'm afraid of the risk of not being an employee, you know, there are some safety nets of being an employee of having a stable income or, you know, something like that. Do you have any advice for aspiring entrepreneurs? Um, I would say that if you're unsure at the moment, maybe you should uh, take a step back and instead of jumping right into entrepreneurship, maybe you can either maybe some take some time off or maybe you can work somewhere first and then you can think about that slowly because entrepreneurship is not like a one year thing it's not like a one month thing it could be many years of like um, of uncertainty so you don't there is no rush to start right now so mm. you 
Just start only when you feel that you're ready and there's nothing else you would like to do apart from this. So if you're in the crossroads of choosing whether you want to start your own business or not, you can take a step back and think, really think like, what is it that you want to achieve? Why entrepreneurship? Is it because of the potential gain of money? Well, you could lose a lot too, you know. Um, is it because of like, so what is it there that really attracts you? And so only until you know exactly what is it that attracts you and why you want to do it, then you shouldn't do it unless you find it. <laughs> so I think one last question as well. I know what I want to do. Mm. I know what I want to make. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I have the idea. Like, yeah. so for a, what is the first maybe three steps, practical, like really actionable mm. steps that you should take to be in, to start your own business? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you have, so, so for this person, mm. this person has the idea. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And very passionate and want to do it. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. First step, mm. talk to your potential customers. Yeah, if, yeah. First step, yeah. Talk to your potential customers. Figure out what what are their problems, what are their habits, what do they do in one day, and then like what kind of like products do they use? Find out everything you know about them. Be a stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Second, after you know all that, is like create a prototype. It doesn't have to be like a fully functional prototype, especially if it's hardware, just maybe like a cardboard or maybe even PowerPoint slides or anything. Create a prototype. Step three, go back to the same people and show it to them and get the feedback. Nice. Market research. Yes. One more question. I think for people who have the idea, but for people who don't have an idea or don't have someone to do it with, because sometimes maybe... Uh, in your case, and you you started off alone, but we, you did it with uh, your group members, right? Uh, when you're doing it. Yeah, I pitched it to them, and then they joined. Okay, I see. So, how, do you know? Do you have some advice of finding, like, for example, co-founders, if that's possible? Oh, so like right now, the question is about finding co-founders. Yes. Yeah. Mm, I think it's important to find like co-founders with like different skill sets than what you have. So you don't want everyone to be a talker. Mm -hmm. You don't want everyone to be technical either. Mm -hmm. So you need to kind of think about what what would we yeah 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 what's missing here? What's the missing piece? Kalau ide, kalau coming up with an idea, if someone knows wants, if someone knows, oh, I want to start a business, but mm -hmm. how do you come up with the idea? You can get a lot of ideas after you do market research. Yeah, yeah. Because you make you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to make products so that you can improve people's lives, right? right. But whose lives are you improving if you don't know? I think we've been talking a lot in the last 40 minutes or so. Personally, there are two key takeaways for me. The first one from a corporate employee perspective, I really admire how you manage your anxiety and be very composed going through uncertain moment. Kadang aku aja sebagai employee, aku tuh banyak mikir kayak uh, whether my boss uh, will like me or um, how did I perform for my client atau kayak well, naik gaji atau promote next year atau enggak. So many things or anxiety um, because of all these things. But you have a company to run and few people to lead and you still have the jan aja mindset. 
And then another one, I respect how you start Aramio because you care about wellness and mental health instead of looking for founder title atau keren-kerenan doang. Zaman sekarang kan banyak yang mau jadi entrepreneur karena mereka cuma mau ikutan tren. But I know you are definitely not one of those. Yeah, kalau aku juga sama sih. I think the the last point that Nikki made there really resonated with me because you had a clear mission, you had a clear goal that you wanted to do and that's to help other people and when I think I think that when you are doing something for others as well it can really mm. motivate you even mm. further I mm. guess yeah uh, and as well as the the part where you have built this uh, mental resilience uh, to you know be, because being a founder being a CEO of a company is not hard it's managing the day-to-day operations and especially when there's a lot of uncertainty and to be present in the moment, to be focused, can really go along with it. I think that's my mm-hmm. biggest takeaway from your Yeah, I'm still also still learning and still building the mental resilience. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that's also really comforting to know that mm-hmm. everyone's still learning. Everyone yeah. will always yeah. learn. Yeah. So I think this wraps up this part of our show. If Do you have anything you'd like to say to the audience? Uh, regarding Aromeo Diffuser, anything. Message, yeah. Yeah. Or how to check Aromeo Diffuser. Yeah. Check all the time. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, well, if you would like to know more about what we are doing here at Aromeo Diffuser, go to www.aromeodiffuser.com. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, 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 will, when will the second product be launched? Uh, it will be launched in around two weeks. Yeah. But we will... You can, we can, um, you know, we can stay in contact with the listeners yeah. through okay. our social media, yes, yes, yes. Facebook and Instagram, so Aromeo Diffuser. Our last question. So, if they want to talk to you, maybe about Aromeo, or simply about, you know, uh, want to get advice or want to talk to you about your entrepreneur journey, how they should reach out to you? Yeah, you can. Um, we have like a live chat with. Uh, on our like uh, social media handles and on our website just drop us a message and i always check those thank you so if, we, if even like for personal stuff uh, yeah 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 yes yeah. go to yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> usually i'm the one replying yeah. anyway <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you so much michelle thank you uh, so much in the past uh, 40 minutes i hope our listeners also get something out of it uh, to be aspiring entrepreneurs when they know what their mission is So uh, I guess, yeah, that's it. Uh, Stay tuned to our next episode. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.